Good morning indeed. Welcome once again to the Speakers Inc. We Speak Global Speakers Showcase Series. My name is Dwayne and as always, a great pleasure to bring to you one of the most incredible speakers from around the world and today it is the turn of Jones Laughlin. He has made it his life's work to deliver powerful ideas, practical solutions to individuals around the world so that they can achieve more of what is most important to them. I love the fact that it's about them. Of course it is. His books are described as illuminating and his presentations as unforgettable. If you want to know more about Jones, you need to log on to the Speakers Inc. We Speak site and find out more about this guy in terms of the testimonials. There's a lot of very nice things to be seen. In his 28 years as a speaker and coach, he has helped countless people regain confidence in their ability to achieve greater success in work and life. Greater success in work and life. What more do any of us want? Success in work and life. If indeed you enjoy Jones, which you are most certainly going to, please stick around for the Q&A directly afterwards. We are going to be finding out more about Jones, more about the message. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, please help me to welcome Jones Laughlin. Hey, it's Jones Laughlin, and I want to start today by asking you a question. In your drive to get it all done, what's not getting done? You may be thinking, Jones, for me, it's the strategic stuff at work. I feel like I'm putting out fires all day, but I'm never getting to those things that are going to make a difference for my team and my company three months from now, six months from now, or a year from now. Some of you may be thinking, Jones, for me, it's relationships. Uh, I feel like I'm just always transacting with other people. I'm never strengthening or deepening the relationships I have at work. And re the reality is maybe even in my own family because I'm so busy. For others of you, the answer to the question in your drive to get it all done, what's not getting done, may be time for me. Time to reflect, time to relax. Or as someone said to me not long ago, I'd like to have 30 minutes on the couch, just sit and relax and not feel guilty about it. Regardless of what it is that you're not getting done, isn't it interesting that when we live and work with the mindset that we can get everything done, we're not. In fact, that's what I call juggling elephants. You, you think that you have the, the strength and the energy to, to get everything done, but the reality is you're not. Uh, things are falling down, crashing down around you. You're expending lots of energy, but not getting the outcomes that are most important to you. As we look at the solution today, I want to offer you four ideas today on how to get your most important things done when there's too much to do. Now, this whole principle is built around the idea that you need to manage your work and life like it's a circus. And I know some of you are thinking right now, I know who the clowns are. And that's good, because we're going to talk about that a little bit later. I think there's three key values in looking at your work and life like a circus when you have too much to do. First of all, you can look at the flow of your lineup. If you go to a one-ring, two-ring, or three-ring circus at some point, you'll notice there's, there's a flow of activities in the event. Uh, acts are coming and going in an order. Uh, you'll see an act come into a ring. The ringmaster will announce it. The act will begin to perform. The ringmaster goes to another ring. There's just a steady flow of activity from beginning to end. 
Sounds like your day, right? <laughs> yeah, bad joke. If you're like me, sometimes your day is, you know, I really want to start out working over here on something that's important. And I get started, but uh, then I get dragged over here to something I really need to work on here. And before I get anything done there, now I'm having to be here at this meeting or all of these meetings today. And I really want to be over there, but now I need to be over here. And you go home at the end of the day and you go, oh, I was so busy. I just don't feel like I accomplished anything of value. The circus teaches us that we've got to have an orderly flow to our day and to our week if we want to make sure the most important things are getting done. The second principle from the circus I think is really important for us to think about is the work of our performers. Now, I want you to do something for me. Um, I define performers as those individuals or groups you have expectations of. How are they doing in your circus right now? And as you make a list of those performers in your circus, coworkers, family members, friends, family, you name it, um, I wonder how they're doing. And for some of them, you're probably going, oh, I'm so glad that coworkers are part of my circus. Oh, they're just doing such a fantastic job. And maybe you've got another one you're thinking about, yeah, they're doing a good job. But you've probably got one or two performers in your circus, hopefully only one or two, that you're going, oh, I wish they'd run off and join someone else's circus because they're making mine more difficult. The circus teaches us, whether it's uh, our team at work or our team at home, we've got to work effectively with our performers if the right things are going to get done. The third element or principle, I think, of, of, of the circus that's important for us to have in mind as we begin to build out how to better manage our day when there's too much to do is the whole idea of the audience. Now, for the performers, I said the performers are those, those individuals or groups that you have expectations of. The audience are those individuals or groups that have expectations of you. And of course, you know, if you were going to a circus, you'd want the audience to be clapping and cheering, going, woohoo, maybe not with that North Carolina accent, but you want to be happy about what they, were be, they would be seeing. How would you say the audience watching your circus is responding to the performance? First of all, who's in that audience? And it's some of the same people who are performers, right? Uh, coworkers, your supervisor, people that report to you, uh, family members, friends, maybe even your pets. Um, all of them have expectations of you. And how are you doing meeting those expectations of other people? Is everybody in your audience clapping and cheering? Or is there that one or two audience members who are going, feeling kind of neglected here? I see them doing a lot of things over there and over there, but not for me. Key principles from the circus. Now, before we move into the strategies on how to use the circus to better manage our day, I want us to, to, to remember one key thing. In fact, I want you to do something for me. I want you to think about someone in your circus audience who right now is pleased with your performance. Somebody who, who might not be physically doing it, but inside their head, they're going, yes, yes, they're doing a fantastic job. Who's that person in your audience? Get that picture for a moment. The reason I do that is because I think way too often we beat ourselves up for what's not getting done instead of taking moments to celebrate what is getting done. 
Think about how you felt in that moment when you thought about that, that audience member that's clapping and cheering for you. It gave you energy, right? It got you excited about, about the work that you were doing. And, and if you remember nothing else from this presentation I'm offering you, it's take more of those moments to celebrate what is getting done because that'll give you the motivation and the energy to work on those things that aren't. Let's move on to, to one of the key strategies from the circus, and that very simply is to be the ringmaster of your circus or be a better ringmaster of your circus. Now, a question comes in at this point is, are you the ringmaster of your circus? And some of you are thinking right now, well, no, Jones, I'm not in control of everything. Guess what? Neither is the ringmaster of a circus. Uh, a ringmaster knows their place. They know what their, their opportunity is, if you will. They don't try to control everything. A good ringmaster would never go to the animal trainer and say, hey, Mr. Miss Animal Trainer, take the day off. I'll work with the animals today. They'd do that once, and then they would need a new ringmaster. A ringmaster knows that they have to, to know their purpose, and they have to know the purpose of the circus and what they're trying to achieve. How are you doing on that? More importantly, a good ringmaster knows how to manage their three rings. Take a look at this image on the screen for a moment. Here are the three rings that, that I suggest that you have in your work and life. You've got a work ring, you've got a self ring, and you've got a relationship ring. Quick question for you. Which one of these three rings is most important? Work, self, or relationships? And if you and I could have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, you would look at me and say, Jones, you can't do that. They're all three important. Exactly. And that's what the circus teaches us is that to be a good ringmaster of your circus, you got to pay attention to all three rings. Because while you may not be able to pick out which one of these is most important, because all three are, let me ask you another question. Which ring do you neglect most often? Yeah, the self ring. So to be a good ringmaster of your circus, it starts with paying attention to all three rings and determining which one of the rings needs the most attention from you right now. In other words, if you're at work, how can you be fully focused on work if you haven't been getting a good night's sleep um, or if you haven't been engaging in some physical exercise to, to improve your well-being? Um, how can you plan to be your best individual self if you aren't taking care of the relationships in your life in a way that keeps you mentally and emotionally healthy? A good ringmaster knows the success of the circus means having quality acts in all three rings. Another strategy the circus teaches us about how to manage this struggle too much to do is we got to create the right lineup. We got to plan for our day and our week effectively. Think about how you plan your day for a moment. In fact, how does your day start? Does your day start with reflecting on what your purpose and goals are and about what do you want to put in your day to achieve that outcome? Or does your day sometimes start with Oh, look at that. A little time on social media. Maybe checking your emails to make sure that, that you're focused on, on, on the emergencies of the day. And those things can be important. But if you're not taking the opportunity to think about the outcomes of the day that you want, how do you expect them to happen? Because there's no shortage of acts for the circus. And as the ringmaster, you've got to create the lineup that accomplishes what's most important to you. 
Let me give you a quick tip uh, if you want to create a better lineup for your day. And that is spend some time looking at your calendar and find that, that discretionary time. Where do you see 30 minutes or an hour or a couple hours that you could devote to working on your highest priority activities, uh, making sure they got done. Another strategy is think about using time blocks. Uh, I mean, let's, let's get this image for a moment. If you're the ringmaster of the circus, you would never get all the acts to gather in the parking lot, if you will, outside the arena or the tent. And you, you would never say, okay, let's have that act now. And I'll come back and tell the rest of you when I need you later. Wouldn't do that. You'd plan your day figuring out where the, the acts needed to go so that they, they could get performed in a well-organized way. How are you at using time blocks? Figuring out this is the time of day I really want to work on this task or that activity uh, so that I can make sure my most important things get done. A third strategy to, to manage your circus more effectively and get the right things done each day is to think about how you're working with your performers. I mentioned it earlier, but I think it's worth repeating again. If you aren't working with your performers effectively, you're probably taking on more work than you possibly can get done. Is there, are there some things you're currently doing that somebody else could take all or part of to accomplish? Is there something you need to delegate to someone else? In fact, let's, let's go through this mental exercise for a moment. I want you to think about something you're currently doing. Maybe it's an activity that shows up once a day, multiple times a day, maybe a couple times a week. I want you to think about an activity you're currently engaged in that you could delegate all or part of to someone else that would save you 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a week. I bet you've already thought of at least one or two things that you could do. You see, a good ringmaster knows that they can't get it all done. It's a team effort, and they know that they need to hand off certain things to other people so they can focus on what's most important for them to get done. How could you work with your performers more effectively? Uh, the final of the four strategies about how to uh, get the most important things done when we have too much to do is to think about, think about this for a moment. If someone were to watch you, let's say a circus ringmaster were to watch the way that you work during the day, see if they would say this to you. Hmm. Yeah, I noticed the way you work is that you just work and work and work until your concentration breaks or until you've kind of snapped at a coworker or until you got a headache and, and then you have to take a break for a while and you feel guilty about it because you really want to be working on something in the moment. You know, we don't do things that way in the circus. We don't work until things break. In the circus, we strategically stop to give myself, the ringmaster, a break the performers a break, and even the audience a break so that we can reflect on how things are going and determine what we need to do in our next half to continue to have a successful, successful performance. Of course, this fourth strategy I'm talking about is intermissions. Intermissions are a critical part of creating a better circus performance. It's a critical part of creating a better day for you. And there's three things that need to happen during any intermission, whether it's 30 seconds or whether it's a two-week vacation. Three things very simply are rest, replenish, and refocus. First of all is rest. You know, what is it that, that's, that you're drained from? Is it 
you just need some physical rest? Or maybe you've been solving lots of problems lately and you need some mental rest. Been dealing with lots of people at work and emotions are running high and you've had to manage all that. Maybe you need emotional rest. It's important to determine what type of rest you need. And then the second R, replenish, figure out how you're going to get that. How are you going to replenish that physical rest? Is it a nap? Is it better sleep? Is it taking a day or two off from work just to recover? But determining how best to replenish that energy you've lost. Because when, when you've done the rest and replenish parts of an intermission, the third R gets much easier. And that, R, that third R, of course, is refocus. When you have the energy you need to make good decisions because you've taken the time to replenish it, you can make better choices about how to use that next hour, the next half day, or the next week because you've taken the intermission to determine what are my priorities? What should I be working on? In fact, I say too often, or I say uh, a lot of people too often are so busy checking boxes they haven't stopped to ask themselves, what are the boxes I should be checking uh, to make sure the most important things are getting done? Intermissions are a critical part of creating a better circus performance. The key is we have to be strategic about them, not wait until something breaks, uh, but it's to say, you know, as I look at my day, I can see this is going to be pretty heavy. When do I need to take a moment to stop? Five-minute break, 10-minute break and then continue on with the work I was doing. Or, because I'm a good ringmaster, I may switch to something else that I now identify is more critical to get done than those other tasks I was working on. Now, you don't have to believe me about the value of an intermission. Let me give you a quote by someone who's infinitely smarter than I am. Leonardo da Vinci is quoted as saying the following. Every now and then, go away and have a little relaxation. To remain constantly at work will diminish your judgment. Go some distance away because work will be in perspective and a lack of harmony is more readily seen. The power of an intermission. Stepping away to get better perspective to determine where your time and energy should be spent. Well, as I start wrapping up my comments today about what to do about too much to do, we started our time together by me asking you, in your drive to get it all done, what's not getting done? So my question now to you is, you've identified those things. What's your strategy for making sure they can get done? Uh, do you need just to be a better ringmaster of your circus and recognize where you can take more control of your time and energy to, to get those things done? Do you need to create a routine in your day to make sure that those things that aren't getting done are identified and actually accomplished? What about your, your daily lineup? What ought to change there to make some space for those things that aren't getting done? Is it a time block? Uh, is it the way you plan your day? Uh, is it just finding ways to increase your energy during the day that would help you accomplish that lineup? How are you working with your performers? Is there someone you need to work with differently? Is there a tough conversation that, that you want to have with one of the performers in your circus saying, this is what I need from you right now? Uh, or it may be someone who you want to say, you know, I, I'm I'm juggling elephants and, and I need some help. And I think you'll be amazed to find that other people are going, yeah, me too. How can we work together to make sure we both get the things done that are important? 
work with your performers differently. And then finally, we just talked about taking more intermissions, strategically stopping to renew your energy and determine where your time and energy needs to be spent next. I hope you've enjoyed our time at the circus today and, and see the value and looking at it as a model in, in helping you get more of the things that are important to you done. I wish we had more time today, but who knows at a future event, uh, maybe you and I will get to have a longer discussion about the power of the circus. My hope for you today is that something I've said helps you get one or two of those things done that aren't getting done. And who knows? When you start seeing those things get done, you might just say, may all my days be circus days. This is Jones Laughlin. Thanks for the opportunity to talk to you today. Jones, thank you so very much for being with us. Very, very interesting, insightful indeed. And I'm sure everything I said to all of the audience online before your presentation really just came to light. And for me, so many things were highlighted almost immediately. One of the things that we very often talk about is this overwhelmed feeling that people feel. And when you feel overwhelmed, it's because it is overflowing with things that are just really bogging you down. Where on earth does a human being start fixing yeah. that overwhelmed feeling? Where do you start? Oh, absolutely. Interestingly enough, Dwayne, I think it starts by stopping, which seems so counterintuitive because people just want to keep going. If I keep going, I'll finally get caught up one day. And as I tell people, when I get caught up, I'll be dead and it won't matter. Um, and, and so I think you got to stop. And then I think the next step is to start identifying what it is that's so heavy? What is this overwhelming you? And in my coaching uh, practice, I, when I ask that question, people, they say everything. I'm like, that's not helpful. I can't deal with everything. So I'll say, pick one. And it's amazing how when you start looking at one and then, okay, how do we begin to address that one? Then that gives us some momentum. And then we look at another one. But the, I think the challenge for so many of us is that we just look at, at everything at once and it is overwhelming. It's overwhelming to me. You have sure. to pick something and then begin to work on improving it and move on to something else uh, that, that will help you to, to get more of that balance. Do you very often think it's about taking things in isolation that particular, and not going too far in the future with so many of these things? Do you often suggest to them maybe to deal with the most pressing one or do you go with the most weighty situation, which is normally your advice? I, I like the approach of starting small um, okay. because a lot of times people have very little physical, mental, and emotional energy because they're mm -hmm. overwhelmed. And to take on something large is, is daunting to them. And so I often encourage people to start, start small. You know, mm -hmm. how can we recover 15 minutes of space for you? What's something that, that seems, um, you know, a little bit of a stretch, but not too much of a stretch for you. Uh -huh. It's, it's kind of like the philosophy when people in are in financial difficulties. There's a thing uh, where they encourage people to go after the smallest debt first. Don't go after yes. the largest one because that's overwhelming, but go after the smallest one, get some momentum, then go after something a little larger uh, in the process. I've very often been told, and in particular during the COVID lockdown days, I mean, I almost get the chills talking about those days. But when I look back to those, some of the things that really helped me, and I'm sure you'll agree, was in the morning just to get up and do a couple of things that you know you can get done immediately. And when I say simple things like brushing your teeth, making your bed, having a cup of coffee, just looking at a list of things that you would like to achieve in the first part of the day, is that often your advice to people as well? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, two things there. One is, yes, do some small things in the morning to to say, I've, I've done something, I've accomplished something. And secondly, Dwayne, you hit on something that's so key, is that morning sets the tone for the rest of the day. Uh, and what you do in those first few minutes, just it, it creates the atmosphere you're going to have around you all day. And and I think about people who, during COVID or even now, you know, start their day by picking up the phone and scrolling through social media or their emails or their messages. And, and I am yet to find anybody. Now, Dwayne, maybe you have. I am yet to find anyone who puts down their phone after going through social media and go, what? I feel never. so much better. <laughs> never, never, not once, ever. Yeah. No. And certainly not myself, guaranteed. <laughs> Me too. There's no one. So here's the thing though, if you are in a situation like that, very often I say to people, look, just like you've said now, and you've reminded me of the of the good advice that I should be taking myself, do those small things in the morning to make sure that you've done something achievable. So you feel like you are a success first thing in the morning. People very often say to me, but I'm not a morning person. So now what am I going to do to get around that? And I, it's a valid question, but it's, you know, you know, do you know where I'm going? It just becomes such a counterintuitive thing to say, well, I'm not a morning person. So the mornings have to take care of themselves. That's not the way to do it, right? Right. Well, and, and when I say I'm not a morning person, a lot of times I find that people say, well, I just don't, you know, I'm not as awake as early or, mm. or you know, or I'm not, that morning's not my creative time or I just kind of <laughs> slog through the morning to get to the afternoon. And so what I normally, uh, you know, say to people is that what's something you could do whenever it is you wake up or however it is you start your day that would, would nourish you, would, would increase your physical, mental or emotional energy uh, to take on the day. Uh, so what is that for you? It, you know, yeah, I'm an early riser, but I know a lot of the people I work with aren't. And, and so, you know, if, if just getting through the morning is is tough for you, then what could you do the night before to make it easier to get up in the morning, uh, you know, mm -hmm. to create that environment where when you get up in the morning, you're going, oh, darn, you know, maybe it's just putting out everything you need for the morning so that when you get up and you're half asleep and you're cursing the day, at least, well, uh -huh. it wasn't difficult to get my clothes on today because I already had them laid out um, <laughs> and I could move on out of my room and into the day. So I, I think it really comes down to just doing something that pours into you because you're going to spend the rest of the day pouring out, you know, uh, all your energy. Absolutely. And you mentioned very much the mental side of things, but you also mentioned the word physicality. Does that play into it a lot as well? Do you find that physically people physically active in the mornings tend to get a little bit more done? Is this, I mean, it's something I've heard. Is that true? Do you think it's true? Oh, I, I, research backs it up in so many different ways that some form of, of physical exercise to start your day uh, gets everything moving. Uh, it just it helps you to be more effective. And, and it doesn't have to be a lot. Um, a silly example, but one that I think is relevant. Um, when I first get up in the morning and I want to kind of get the blood flowing and things. Now, I exercise later in the morning, but, but when I first mm -hmm. get up, I get on the floor and I do between 13 and 17 push-ups. You're looking at me going, Jones, that's not going to make you a bodybuilder, um, but it gets the blood flowing and it's a little yeah. bit of physical exercise. And so I think even if people just walk for five minutes, you know, just do something to get yourself moving. Uh, I think that's anything like that's a value. It is so interesting that you say that because I've got a very good friend who does exactly the same thing, but with possibly the mo most unique example you'll ever hear of that. What he does is he gives himself two to three minutes of drying himself off after a shower. So it's a vigorous drying off after the shower. That yeah. is, you know what I mean? But he also puts music on in the bathroom. Oh. 
So he puts the music on and he does the whole thing. And it is incredible what he's able to achieve because he is not, he's not a morning person at all. He really isn't. He comes out of the bathroom going, well, you know what? I'm ready for the day. One way or another, I've tricked the brain into doing that. And I suppose it has got a lot to do with that too, doesn't it? It does have a lot with tricking the brain into feeling like you are ready for those challenges that might come. Oh, yeah. Our our brains work against us in so many ways that we don't realize. Our brains are lazy. They don't want to take on the complex tasks because they want to conserve energy. Uh, Our brain likes for things to be done. And so if we're starting today thinking about all the things that aren't done, that's a negative place to start. And you're right. Using whatever strategies we can to cause the brain to go, yeah, let's go take on the day. I think that's brilliant. Now, one thing I do want to ask you, because you spend your life doing what you do in front of big groups, in front of corporate environments, in front of individuals maybe as well, where you try and tell people what to do in these situations, how to do these things. I'm going to turn it around on you, though. Mm-hmm. What do you do to make sure? What's the one thing that you do to make sure that you are ready for each day? That thing that makes that thing that is uniquely Jones in the morning sure. that makes sure you're on the right path. Wow. I, I wouldn't say that any one thing I do, Dwayne, is unique. I would, I'd say maybe the, the pieces that I put together, my mosaic would be different than someone else. And so I, I, you know, I think for me, it is the getting a little bit of physical exercise. I first start today and then it's that time for me. The first 30 minutes uh, of my day are mine. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just protective of that time. And so I say, how do I want to use this for myself? And so I read in the morning um, I, because I, I believe that leaders are readers. And so I, even if it's just 15 minutes or even if it's just 10 minutes, I read, you know, in a book that I've got going at the moment. Um, I reflect on my goals and uh, my, my priorities. You think, well, Jones, you should know them because you think about them every day. I do. But if I, I stop myself and go, how am I doing? Uh, you know, and I, and I think that's really critical for me so that I'm, I'm thinking about what I want from my day versus being reactionary all day. Um, I could very easily get up, click into my email and go, okay, let's get started. And then I spend my day reacting. But how do I set myself up to be proactive with the energy I need to, to be at my best in, in whatever I'm doing? That is fascinating. It really is because I think the half an hour is the key. That ability to take that back, I think is so important. Mm. You mentioned reading and I'm going to assume a lot of the books that you read are about these kinds of subjects. What's your favorite thing to read outside of maybe books that are guiding in the right direction in terms of the way you live your life? Do you read other things as well. What's your favorite genre to read just to keep yourself busy? What do you like? You know, I I really do stay in the whole uh, uh, self-help leadership okay. uh, just because I'm fascinated by all the takes that people uh-huh. have uh, on it. Uh, but I do like to read books that that are about, you know, what's going on in the world. One of the books that uh-huh. I read recently was Factfulness. And it talked about you know, we think that sometimes things are going to hell in a handbasket in, in, in the Western culture. And, and if you look at the world from a different perspective and see what's going on, you go, you know what? Things aren't as bad as they seem. You know, between sure. media and social media, we get that impression. Uh, but I love to read things that, that are uplifting and, and inspiring. I do read some fiction. Uh, I recently read The Midnight Library. Fascinating book. Uh, I encourage uh, folks to read that one. Uh, so it does skip around, but I really do stay in my lane, if you will, because I just love to see yeah. all the different takes that people have on time management, leadership, work-life success. Um, yeah. So I enjoy just learning. Again, fascinating for me because very often people say, well, you don't need to read those books because you know this stuff. You tell us about the stuff all the time. But it's that hunger 
to know what works for other people. I mean, it really is, isn't it? Yes. It's just yes. that endless need for more intelligence in terms of what you do in front of people every day. Here's another question for you. You said something, in fact, the last question, because I know you're a busy man. You said something right up front about social media. I know that very many people have very definite ideas about social media, about it's either good or it's terrible. There's no in between anymore. I think it's, you know, the middle has disappeared in the world oh, in so many yeah. aspects. And I think online, there is no middle. You're either far left or far right or far this or far that. So how, where do you see its place in society? Because I think personally, it can do a lot of good, but it can do a lot of harm. And I think that feeds into the original narrative. Where do you see in a healthy a healthy work day environment, where do you see social media's place? Mm, you said the key word there, in a healthy work day environment. Mm, uh, I yes. think if within the work confines, as far as use of social media by individuals, I mean, using it for, um, you know, uplifting. Uh, to, to look for those things that are positive, to connect with people who who you value in your life. I, I think social media is extremely valuable for that. Um, I, I think beyond those contexts, I think just monitoring, like I said earlier, you know, when you get off social media, how do you feel? And yeah. if you're feeling angry, then then that's not a good use of, of, of your time. And so it, it may you know, be shaping and forming. Like my wife does a great job in on Facebook of hiding those people who, when she pulls up her feed, she goes, ah, um, and, and keeping those people in her feed that are encouraging and uplifting. And who may have very different views than she has, but they oh, present, yes. them in, present them in a way that is, is you know, reasonable and we can learn from each other. So we could spend the, an hour talking about the use of social media, but I just think, how is it impacting your perspective, your attitude and your beliefs? And if it's not a way that, that you want, and something needs to change. I agree, and kind of eliminate the eliminate the noise, the clutter, yeah, those types yeah. of things, which I, I suppose is really the key for life, anyway, isn't it? Trying yeah. to eliminate the noise, the negativity. I lied. I said there was a last question. One last question. It just came to me now because obviously a lot of what we're doing today and what you did today online is give corporates an idea of what you can do for them if you are in front of them. The one takeaway that Jones wants to leave with an audience, when you leave an audience, what's the one thing, be it an idea, be it a feeling, whatever it might be, what is that one thing that Jones wants to leave with an audience? Wow. Um, I, I, I'd have to say this, is that we spend way too much time beating ourselves up for what's not getting done. Uh, we, we keep trying to do more and more and more. And say, oh, I didn't get to that. I didn't get this. And we don't take enough opportunity to celebrate what is getting done. Uh, we don't take the time to stop at the end of the day and go, look what I did accomplish today. Leaders and managers aren't talking with their teams and saying, hey, I noticed you got that. Hey, I appreciate your perspective on that or your work on that. We're just so driven to get more done that we aren't stopping and, and finding that energy that comes from, look, we worked through that difficult situation. It's not perfect, but we made progress and celebrating those moments. So again, it's that we spend way too much time beating ourselves up for what's not getting done instead of celebrating what is getting done. And I think what we do right now is celebrate the moment right now because I think this was very enlightening. For me particularly, I've learned a lot. I've been reminded about so much. I could honestly talk to you all day, Jones. It's fascinating. I love the subject. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your energy and your clear commitments to spreading this particular message around the world. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you, Dwayne. It's great to, to partner with what you folks are doing to help people take their work and life to the next level.
Thank you so much. And I'm going to say to everybody online today, thank you so much for being with us once again at the Speakers Inc. We Speak Global Speakers Showcase Series. That remains a tongue twister. After 16 or 17 weeks, that stays a tongue twister. I can't believe it. What I'm going to ask you to do, please, if you would like to know more about Jones, you log on to speakersinc.co.za. Find out all you need to know about Jones and how he can bring his particular unique brand of magic to your particular event. Talk to Bronwyn, talk to Duncan. They'll steer you in the right direction. Everybody have a fantastic day and we see you next time. Cheers.